Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Wichita's number one talk. Good morning, 8 o'clock. This is the KNSS Morning News with Steve and Ted. I'm Steve McIntosh. Cleanup after a small tornado strikes near Liberal. We have the story. A current and former deputy police chiefs have filed a lawsuit against the city of Wichita. I'm Dan O'Neill. Some federal officials say the coronavirus outbreak originated at a lab in China. I'm Ted Woodward. Those details just ahead. I'm KNSS, meteorologist and holiday. We can expect some nice weather both today and tomorrow, but it looks like rain and snow chances return by Thursday and Thursday night. Our complete forecast in just a few minutes. One current and two former Wichita deputy police chiefs have filed a lawsuit against the city of Wichita and a number of co-defendants, including city manager Robert Layton, city council member Brian Fry, and the Fraternal Order of Police. The lawsuit was filed Monday in U.S. District Court on behalf of Jose Salcido, Chester Pinkston, and Wanda Givens. The lawsuit outlines multiple counts, including discrimination and retaliation, defamation, as well as First and Fourteenth Amendment violations. They claim that the city and staff retaliated against them as they attempted to make changes after inappropriate text messages were sent between some officers. The city responded with a statement that says in part they are looking to vigorously defend their reputation in a court of law and provide evidence to counter the narrative that has, quote, been publicly shared to date. Dan O'Neill, KNSS News. Cleanup efforts underway after an EF0 tornado touched down near Liberal, Kansas. National Weather Service says the twister touched down late Sunday southwest of Liberal. It was about 20 yards wide, stayed on the ground for about three or four miles. Seward County Emergency Management Director Greg Standard says one home was severely damaged, dozens of others minor to moderate damage. Uh, folks who need some help, and I, I'm sure we're going we're gonna to look, uh, look good again when we step up once more and make sure everybody gets back to normal. A local disaster was declared in hope of receiving assistance from the state. The Red Cross is helping out the county to assist those who were affected by the storm. A new report from President Biden's Energy Department says they believe the coronavirus originated from a lab in Wuhan. Fox's Kevin Cork reports. The Energy Department now has joined the FBI in saying, yep. The virus likely spread via a mishap at a Chinese lab. Meanwhile, the Chinese are pushing back. Here's what they're saying in a statement. A laboratory origin of the pandemic was considered to be extremely unlikely. Is a science-based, authoritative conclusion. Republicans are ready to pounce. In fact, some of the GOP lawmakers on the Hill say the Energy Department's assessment actually backs up. Long-held suspicions, and now they are urging the declassification of more evidence related to the outbreak. White House officials say there is no consensus on how the coronavirus started. The defense team for a former attorney accused of killing his wife and youngest son in South Carolina resting its case. 
Judge Clifton Newman says jurors can go visit the murder scene at the Murdoch family home after the state presents a short reply case. The prosecution says they have four to five witnesses for that. The final defense witness to take the stand was Alec Murdoch's brother, John Marvin, who questioned law enforcement's handling of the case. He said he had to clean up his nephew Paul's brains from the dog kennel area the day after the murder. I felt like it was the right thing to do. I felt like I owed him, and I started cleaning a crime scene and blood spatter expert testified earlier whoever killed Paul with a shotgun would have been covered in tissue and blood. He said he believed there were likely two shooters. The murder weapons were never found. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. The Wichita City Council holding workshop today. Mayor Brandon Whipple tells KNSS News money has been restored to a rebate program for citizens who purchase items to conserve fossil fuels and or water. We do have an item to uh, retroactivate those funds. So if you are someone who went out, purchased uh, one of these qualifying items, uh, turned in your receipt and was denied, and now you can actually get that rebate back because, of course, we want people to uh, utilize these rebate programs. Whipple commented during Mondays with the mayor on the Steve and Ted of the Morning Show on KNSS. KNSS News Time now, 8.04, four minutes past 8 o'clock. The new college men's basketball rankings coming out yesterday. KUK State and an upcoming Shocker opponent are all among the elite. We'll recount that coming up in sports. Kansas Department of Health has issued a boil water advisory for the city of Spivey in Kingman County. That story just ahead on the KNSS Morning News with Stephen Ted. This is Wichita's number one talk, 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. The KNSS Morning News with Steve and Ted. Now, 8.08, 8 minutes past 8 o'clock on this Tuesday morning. The Kansas Department of Health has issued a boil water advisory for the city of Spivey public water supply system in Kingman County. The advisory took effect Monday and will remain in effect until the conditions that place the system at risk of bacterial contamination are resolved. The advisory was issued because of a loss of pressure. Failure to maintain adequate pressure may result in a loss of chlorine residuals and bacterial contamination. Two people dead and a police officer injured. This after a shooting in southern Illinois. DuPo Police Chief Dennis Plew says an unnamed officer is recovering from being shot in the shoulder Sunday while responding to a report of a fatal shooting. He is in stable condition, but he's still in very critical condition. Um, the outcome looks good. The 49-year-old officer, a 12-year law enforcement veteran. Officials say the suspect, 40-year-old Reginald Allen, used an AR-15 rifle to kill 46-year-old Daryl Mance, shooting the officer, fleeing, and then fatally shooting himself in a garage after a standoff with police. The St. Clair County Sheriff's Department not revealing a motive, but say Allen and Mance had worked together in home remodeling and construction. Kristen Goodwin. Fox News. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is signing a bill stripping the happiest place on earth of its special governing status. Fox's Jackie Ibanez reports. A new sheriff in town at signing DeSantis said the entertainment giant will be treated and taxed the same as all the other parks in the state. He pointed to Disney's open opposition of Florida's 2022 parental right bill as the beginning of the end of the unique Florida Disney relationship, saying Disney's political opinions are not the values they want to promote in the state of Florida. The bill would dissolve the Reedy Creek Improvement District, of which Disney is the primary landowner, effectively stripping the company of the special tax and 
and self-governing privileges it's enjoyed since 1967. Among these are their exemption from the Florida Building Code, from the Florida Fire Prevention Code, and from state regulatory reviews and approval. And the bill also strips Disney of its ability to select district board members. The Border Patrol making another massive fentanyl seizure. It came during a traffic stop on a highway in San Clemente, a wealthy part of California's Orange County, 75 miles from the Mexican border. Agents say the take totaled 232 pounds with a street value of $3 million, and it was found in a single vehicle. That's enough lethal doses to kill 50 million people. Three smugglers are under arrest. This is the third major fentanyl bust made by the Border Patrol between ports of entry in the last two weeks. Tom Rigotti, Fox News. KNSS News time now, 8.10, 10 minutes past 8 o'clock. Right now in traffic, watch out. We've got a traffic accident, non-injury traffic accident, uh, Central and Woodlawn. So watch for a bit of a slowdown there. Again, that's uh, Central and Woodlawn traffic update from 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. I'm Jed Chambers. Now the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. We have a clear sky across south-central Kansas. Looks like more nice weather again today. It'll be sunny with temperatures running in the low to mid-60s by noontime, 68 this afternoon. Clear overnight, yellow 37, then sunny and a bit cooler Wednesday with a high near 60. We could see some rain and then snow by Thursday. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holiday. Now a few clouds and 40 degrees. We have an east wind at 9 miles per hour. 811, Steve and Ted here on this February 28th, the last day of the month. And a big birthday today, Bernadette Peters turning 75 today. She's, she does a lot of Broadway work. Got a Tony. And, of course, I think of her in the, in the movie, the great movie, The Jerk. <laughs> I think I had a huge crush on her growing up watching her on the Carol Burnett show. Ah, Bernadette Peters. Saw her perform live at the Orpheum downtown really? Wichita several that? years back. Yeah. All right, 8-12 now. Steve and Ted in the morning here on KNSS. And uh, we just uh, started off our, our spring storm season here in Kansas. But, of course, uh, the hurricane season goes on at other times of the year. National Hurricane Center is releasing some new storm names. Fox News Radio's Evan Brown with us this morning. Good morning, Evan. Good morning. I know you know personally a lot about hurricanes, don't you? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Too much, I think, maybe. But uh, but here we are. So, yeah, we're getting ready for a new season uh, later this year. It begins June 1st, although there is some consideration uh, to starting the season earlier, mid-May maybe, which is what we do at the Pacific hurricane season, and that's because there's been an increase of tropical activity in the middle of May, and uh, it may... Uh, it may just warrant the you know the the change in in the season. So uh, that um, you know that's something that's being discussed uh, with regard to the storm names. You know we have six lists of names that get rotated. Really, and uh, what they do? Yeah, every six years they repeat, except for the fact that if there's a pretty bad storm, they retire that name and they they replace it uh, with something else. But uh, yeah, every six years you'll see some of the names repeat. Uh, so, for instance, this is the year that last the last time this list was used was 2017, and that's when we had some doozies. We had Harvey, we had Irma, and Maria. And so those names are gone, and they've been replaced by Harold, Idalia, and Margot. And they've also swapped out the N name for Nigel, which sounds like the most polite hurricane you'd ever get. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you would ask if it could knock a tree into your roof or something. But, uh <laughs> 
But oh, anyhow, sorry. Hur- Hurricane Harold doesn't doesn't uh, get me going there. No, <laughs> it probably tells you to stay off its lawn or something. You know, yeah, kinda, yeah. yeah. One uh, of those, those names. But, but these uh, lists uh, is one of these things where people have just sat down and said, "All right, let's do some alphabetical names." Is that Kind of pretty pretty much yeah. it. You know, the, the, the purpose of naming storms is to uh, kind of give it like a defined um, operation, like government operation, because it gets a budget line and all that stuff. So that that's really the whole purpose of naming these things. Otherwise, you could just stick with numbers or something. Uh, but, uh, you know, besides storm naming, there there are some actual changes in the way the National Hurricane Center is going to be tracking these storms starting this year. And, you know, we've been used to getting that uh, cone of uncertainty, right, that forecast track. And uh, day one, two, and three of that track is is very solid forecasting. Day four and five, the Hurricane Center will say it's it's less specific, there's less confidence in it. Uh, But now they are going to extend that out to day six and seven. They've just gotten that much better. They've collected that much data over the past really 20 years to suggest that their forecasting models are are just getting that much better. So they're now going to be able to extend that uh, uh, that that cone out two more days. And the hope is is that you would now be able to get a little bit longer of a warning that uh, that a storm might be coming, or you know, an inkling anyway, that a storm might be coming your way, a, a tropical cyclone, and that you might kind of get yourself in gear a bit sooner so that it's not so much of a crunch. And uh, we'll have to see how that goes this year when they begin using these uh, – uh, day six and day seven cones. We had a, a tornado of, of Sunday night. We had several uh, here in in Kansas and Oklahoma. We had the one down in uh, Liberal our part of the state was what we called EF zero, with sustained wind or with winds of sixty five to eighty five miles per hour. And Evan, right. as far as a hurricane is concerned, that's a light breeze, isn't it? Well, I mean, you know, the thing about hurricanes, they often you know, for the folks like where you live in in, in the tornado alley, you know, there, there's a uh, there's a lack of, I think, um, you know, some people think that tornadoes are, are are short hurricanes or hurricanes are longer tornadoes. They're actually very, very different animals. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the problem with uh, hurricanes is that it's not just wind. It's also rain and it's also storm surge, which is something you're probably not familiar with in Kansas. But uh, in, um, you know, with, with regard to hurricanes, you know, you might and, and we'll backtrack here. Excuse me. A tornado, you might get hit with those 65 to 85 mile an hour winds for the better part of a couple hours, uh, and then it moves on. Where a a, a storm, a, a cyclone, you might get that for 24 to 48 hours on top of five, six, seven, eight inches of rain. And if you're on the coastal areas, that storm surge inundation, which could bring two, three, five, ten, twenty feet of water. Uh, store, you know, seawater inland for uh, a, a great distance. So uh, there, there are multiple ha- um, hazards surrounding uh, these hurricanes, which uh, has prompted not just forecasters, but emergency managers to work together to figure out the better or best type of warning systems where, you know, you, you're telling people to get out of the way. You, you may have warning systems for tornadoes where you get those sirens to go, I'll tell everybody to get in the basement. But, you know, with regard to cyclones, you have to tell people in advance, pack up your water, pack up get your ready. clothes, yeah. pack up your medication, <laughs> get in the car, leave now because you'll cause a traffic jam because everyone waits, uh, and, and just you know, get, you know, get a few miles further away from the coast so you can sort of ride this thing out because where you live, you might get four feet of water into your house. You, uh, so the first name storm of the season will be what then? 
Uh, I think this cycle's uh, list is Arlene. So Arlene. I've been through a number of Arlenes in the past, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. We appreciate your information this morning. Fox News Radio's Evan Brown talking about the storm names. I didn't know they had six specific lists that they rotated. How about that? You learn something every day if you listen to Stephen Ted of in the morning. It's uh, 818 now with Stephen Ted. And uh, one of the things you learn is what's going on in sports with uh, Ted Woodward with sports right now here on KNSS. Yeah, and we will look up to Lawrence tonight for men's basketball action. Senior night, last home game of the regular season for third-ranked Kansas, the defending national champions, hosting Texas Tech tonight. Jayhawks are right now in first place atop the Big 12 Conference. Two games to go in the season. Jayhawks are on a six-game winning streak right now, playing very well. Texas Tech is not... They didn't really like going to Lawrence, apparently. They've, they've played 22 times there, and they've lost 21 of those 22 games. They've only won once ever in Lawrence. Yikes. FanDuel has KU as a 9.5-point favorite on home court tonight. And the Jayhawks have won senior night, or the home finale, 39 years in a row. Jayhawks will be saying goodbye to the seniors on their roster, Jalen Wilson and Kevin McCuller Jr. Live Pre-game coverage of the Jayhawks begins at 6.30 this evening. The game will tip off at 8 o'clock tonight up in Lawrence at Allen Fieldhouse. Listen to KU Live on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. The new college men's basketball polls coming out yesterday. You've got Houston ranked number one in the nation, Alabama number two, and right there the defending national champion Jayhawks are at number three in the nation, moving up one spot this week in the coaches' poll. KU with a record of 24-5. and five. Jayhawks are getting 13% of the first-place votes in the AP poll. Kansas State moving up a lot in this week's poll. Wildcats are now ranked number 11 in the nation in both polls, moving up five spots in the coaches' poll this week. Wildcats with a record of 22-7. and We did mention that the number one-ranked team in the nation is Houston. And guess who the Shockers play on Thursday night? Houston visiting the number one-ranked team in the nation. That'll be the first time in 55 years the Shockers have played a number one ranked team in the regular season. So we'll keep an eye on that coming up on Thursday night. High school basketball all over the state. We've got sub-state action going on right here in Wichita. We have a matchup for boys' sub-state semifinals tonight in Class 6A, Wichita Northwest hosting Wichita South. Both teams have winning records, but the season will come to an end for one of them tonight. That'll be at 7 o'clock. Good matchup there. In Class 4A, boys' action, Substate semifinals, Rose Hill at Andale. Both teams with winning records. Season on the line at 7 o'clock tonight. Class 3A, boys, also two teams with winning records. Smoky Valley at Norton. That'll tip off at 6 o'clock tonight with the season on the line for them. So got a lot of good uh, basketball going on right now. And in Class 2A, boys, Substate quarterfinals last night. Belle Plain wins at home, beats West Elk. 65 to 50. The Belle Plain boys into the sub-state semifinals now with a record of 12 and 9. College men's basketball last night was the championship game of the KCAC tournament up at Hartman Arena in Park City. And 22nd ranked Southwestern beat Bethel 83-74. The Mound Builders 25 and 6 on a four-game winning streak and Southwestern is advancing to play in the national tournament next month with that win last night. And happy birthday to former Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Todd Haley. He is 56 today. Head coach of the Chiefs for three seasons back in 2009, 10, and 11. In 2010, they got 10 wins and they won the division and went to the playoffs. Todd Haley, former Chiefs coach. He is currently the head coach of the Memphis Showboats in the USFL. He was only head coach once in the NFL, and that was with the Chiefs. 
Todd Haley, former Chiefs coach, is 56 today. And that's sports with Stephen Ted. 821 now. Keep it here for the Hannity Morning Minute. Sean has some questions about the Chinese lab. That's coming up. Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS. This is Stephen Ted on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Good morning, Steve McIntosh. Ted Woodward, 8.30 on this Tuesday morning, 40 degrees. A student is being disciplined after vandalizing a school in St. John, south of Great Bend. The school was forced to cancel classes Monday following the break-in. Officials say the student left shards of glass scattered around the campus and left threatening messages written on the walls. But officials say they don't believe there is a plan for violence. Extra police will be on campus as classes resume today. A sudden change to the student code of conduct by the school board in Newton made for heated moments and a standing room only crowd at last night's board meeting. We voted you in and you spit in our face for one kid because you had to have that badge on the wall. Many speakers voiced their displeasure with what they called the board's hasty and unfair decision regarding a student-athlete who had been caught vaping in a video on campus. The board voted last week to amend the code, which allowed the student to compete in a weekend tournament. Board member Brianna Haynes says she left that meeting before the vote was taken and has since filed a complaint with the Attorney General's office over a potential violation of the Kansas Open Meetings Act. The way the wording of the policy is, it says notice of two days, at least two days, will be given to each board member unless waived. And so the actual wording in the policy is to each board member. Meanwhile, the father of the student says the alleged incident of his son vaping took place several weeks prior to when it was reported to school officials, adding that it was a calculated attack by his son's former girlfriend and her mother, a charge that was confirmed by board member Matt Treister. The individual who reported it to the district held on to this information for weeks and then dropped it on the administration the Tuesday before the state tournament. Because of that, their intent was harm. The student's father contends that had the incident been reported when it took place, his son would have faced punishment, but still would have had time to become eligible for regionals and the state tournament. Meanwhile, board member Brianna Haynes says she is also filing a local complaint against the school board. Dan O'Neill, KNSS News. The Supreme Court is preparing to hear a case involving a plan by President Biden to forgive student debt. Fox's Jonathan Hunt reports. Under the president's plan, individuals earning less than $125,000 in 2020 or 2021 and married couples making less than a quarter million dollars could see up to $10,000 cancelled. Federal Pell Grant recipients could see up to $20,000 wiped clean. Around 26 million borrowers have already applied for relief. The president justified bypassing Congress by tying the program to the COVID pandemic and invoking a 2003 act that allows the Secretary of Education to grant relief in times of national emergency. Six states are calling the president's plan an abuse of executive power. A man on trial for murder in Oregon fled the courthouse, later found hiding in a stranger's apartment. 28-year-old Eddie Villalobos is charged with stabbing two people a couple of years ago, one of whom was killed. After a break in the jury selection process Monday, deputies removed his restraints, which they were required to do by law. 
The Washington County Sheriff's Office says Villalobos then made a run for it right out of the courthouse. Law enforcement spent the next two hours looking for him using drones and dogs. Deputies responded to a building after it was reported that a person was trying to get into a nearby apartment. Deputies found Villalobos in a closet underneath a blanket. Chris DeMeo, Fox News. Now the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. This spring-like weather pattern is going to continue the next couple of days, but big changes are on the way Thursday and Friday. We will start out with some rain on Thursday afternoon with a transition to snow. Sunshine today, breezy at times, cool this morning with this afternoon's high 68, our overnight low 37, Wednesday our high near 60. I'm KNSS meteorologist and holiday. Now a few clouds, east wind at 9 miles per hour, 40 degrees with Steve and Ted on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Entertainment News, a blur with Ted Woodward. Ted? Yeah, let's take a look at the 29th Screen Actors Guild Awards. Everything Everywhere All at Once, taking home the top film award. Plus, Best Leading Female and Supporting Female Actors. Kehui Kwan won Best Supporting Male for his role in the sci-fi adventure, becoming the first Asian actor to ever take home a SAG Award in this category. Reacting to this in his acceptance speech. This moment no longer belongs to just me. It also belongs to everyone who has asked for change. Sound courtesy of the Screen Actors Guild and Netflix's YouTube channel. As for television, HBO's White Lotus took home the top award for drama ensemble, ABC's Abbott Elementary for comedy, and Netflix's Stranger Things for stunt. Monica DeLuca, Fox News. It looks like there's going to be a sequel to a Disney movie from 20 years ago. The inside scoop on a Freaky Friday sequel comes from Jamie Lee Curtis, who says, quote, it's going to happen. While a Jamie Lee Curtis-Lindsay Lohan reunion hasn't been officially announced, Curtis sharing her thoughts on the rumors with Yahoo Entertainment at the Producers Guild Awards. She added, we're both committed to it, and it's not ours to make, it's Disney's to make, and I think they're interested and we're talking. Back on February 14th, Curtis sparked online commotion by sharing a photo of herself and Lohan on Instagram, captioning it, it's Friday, I'm just saying, freaky fingers crossed. Monica DeLuca, Fox News. Here we are on the final day of the month. It's February 28th, and this is your Fox Daily Snapshot. Today is Tooth Fairy Day. I have to tell you something. I was wrong. The Tooth Fairy is real. And it's me. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, starring in the 2010 comedy Tooth Fairy. Children generally have 20 baby teeth that they will lose to make room for a permanent set. Also on this day in 1991, the Gulf War ends after Iraq accepts a ceasefire following their retreat from Kuwait. In 2019, the summit between North Korea's Kim Jong-un and President Trump collapses without an agreement. Russian troops move into Crimea to protect its interests against Ukraine in 2014. Francis Crick and James Watson discover the chemical structure of the DNA molecule, the double helix polymer, in 1953. I'm C.J. Papa. That's your Fox Daily Snapshot. 
Ray Romano, slated to make his feature film directorial debut. Ray Romano's Somewhere in Queens is a feature film which marks the comedian's directorial debut. The film is co-written and stars Romano as Leo Russo, who lives a simple life in Queens with his wife, played by Laurie Metcalf. The movie focuses on their shy but talented son, Styx, who gets a life-changing opportunity to play basketball in college. However, heartbreak comes and changes everything. I'm a scout. If you want me to make a few phone calls, there might be a whole here or there. Some of those holes have scholarships. Who let the dog out? Romano told People Magazine that he and his co-writer wanted to write about the Italian culture of the family, but also wanted to make it universal to everybody because that's normally what it is. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Let's hit the late night crew. Late night with Seth Meyers, NBC. President Biden made a surprise trip last week to Ukraine by taking a 10-hour train ride Or as the guy next to him thought, an 80-hour train ride. The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, CBS. Soil and water from the train wreck were taken to Michigan and Texas without warning. And no surprise, Michigan and Texas were not happy with this surprise. So the EPA stopped the shipments of toxic waste. And the new plan is to schlep it back to various locations in Ohio, including the town of East Liverpool, which is literally on the Ohio River. Not the best containment plan. All right, everybody, it's safe to go back in the pool. We scooped the diaper out of the deep end. We placed it safely at the top of the water slide, all right? Everybody in. Marco. And The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, NBC. Amazon is being sued for allegedly selling products that contain donkey meat. Then today, Amazon was like, and for our vegan customers, we also sell beyond donkey meat. Uh, 30 years ago on this day, actress Ruby Keeler passed away at the age of 82, probably most known for her role as the up-and-coming young starlet in 42nd Street. Ruby Keeler passed away 30 years ago today. He was born 120 years ago on this day, Vincente Minnelli, one of the great Hollywood movie directors of all time. He was born in Chicago, directed Meet Me in St. Louis and American in Paris. Gigi, both of those, the last two there, won Best Picture Oscar. Yeah. He was also one Best Director for Gigi. Of course, he got married to Judy Garland, Judy Garland in the late 40s into the early 50s. They met and fell in love on the film, Meet Me in St. Louis, and he was directing it. She was starring in it. And, of course, they were the parents of Liza Minnelli, who's gone on to win awards as well. I think they're the only husband-wife child team to all win uh, Oscars. Mm, yeah. yeah. He also directed Brigadoon, Kismet, Father of the Bride, Madame Bovary, Designing Woman, Lust for Life. Those are all good movies. They are. He directed uh, seven Oscar-nominated performances from actors. Gloria Graham and Anthony Quinn won Oscars in his movies. So pretty good director right there. And a range of types of movies. Yep, he could do comedy, he could do musicals, he could do serious. Absolutely. Vicente Minnelli. He was born 120 years ago on this day. Here's another big one. Centennial birthday. He was born 100 years ago on this day. Charles Durning. Wow. Yeah. Great actor. Over 200 movies, TV shows, and plays. He was in The Sting, Dog Day Afternoon, The Muppet Movie, Tootsie, Dick Tracy. Got an Oscar nomination for Best Little Whorehouse in Texas and To Be or Not To Be. And, of course, he, uh, he was the ninth of ten children... Uh, 
However, five of his sisters died from scarlet fever and smallpox when they were kids. Wow. Half his family didn't even make it to adulthood. He was drafted into the Army, World War II, at the age of 20. On D-Day, Charles Durning was on the, in the 1st Infantry Division, one of the first waves of American troops landing on Omaha Beach during the D-Day invasion. He, he survived. Lucky, lucky to be alive. Yeah, he survived that. Then he got wounded by a German mine and spent six months recovering from that. Then he was reassigned, and he fought in the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah, he uh, did D-Day and lot, Battle of the Bulge. A lot more to this than him, just this heavy little actor. He received the Silver Star, the Bronze Star, three Purple Hearts. Wow. For his military service. Yeah. And then he became an actor. <laughs> then he became a really good actor. He was in tons of movies and TV shows and plays. The great Charles Durning. He was born 100 years ago on this day. 70 years ago on this day, the release of one of the great cartoons of all time, Duck Amuck, <laughs> was released 70 years ago today by Warner Brothers, directed by Charles Chuck Jones, written by Michael Maltese. You remember this cartoon in which Daffy Duck is tormented by an unseen mischievous animator who constantly changes the location, his clothing, his voice, his physical appearance, his shape, and Daffy just gets madder and madder as the cartoon goes on. And then, of course, at the end, the camera pans out, and we find out that it's Bugs Bunny that's, that's doing, doing all this to yeah, Daffy. Yeah. In 1994, it was voted the number two greatest cartoon of all time wow. by members of the animation field, behind only What's Opera Doc. Another Chuck Jones and Michael Maltese project for Warner Brothers. Yeah, Duck Amuck is now in the National Film Registry. I think it's one of only three cartoons that have that honor. Anyway, one of the greatest cartoons of all time, Duck Amuck. That came out in Wichita theaters 70 years ago on this day. All right, let's hit uh, The Bachelor last night. Steve McIntosh wrapped attention on ABC last evening for the drama on The Bachelor, including... Including a Zach and Ariel on a date, and they get relationship advice from apparently a foreign couple in the nude in a sauna. They need to give space to each other also. So, and trust is everything, I would say. Also, talk, talking, talking, talking is the most talking. Yeah, yeah, yes. no, no, yeah, talking is very, really, really important. Yeah. <laughs> talking. Uh, talking is very yeah, important, yeah. says the nude couple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, the, the gals all start to get a little little cattish around there. Yeah, as, uh, there Brooklyn go. tells Kat what's going on. Cat. Everyone's like own individual relationship, so if I want him to be my husband at the end of this and I want to spend a moment with him, I'm going to take it. I would want that time. I just wouldn't want to be selfish and take away from someone else. But that's my opinion. That's how I feel. If you don't feel that way, you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, of course, Zach and Charity had to have a very serious talk. I, I lost myself in the previous relationship before this. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember I had a moment where I was like, I don't even know what my favorite music is mm -hmm. because I neglected my own yeah. self because mm -hmm. I only did what I thought someone else would want. Exactly. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, very that's, serious. That's disturbing. Yeah. Yes. You're on my last night on The Bachelor. Yeah. Steve, I know what I was doing 40 Wait a years old. I just want to say this one thing. I just hate it when Shelly and I have been trapped in a sauna with another nude couple. Yeah. That's just it's it's, a little. No, a nude couple. We've hopefully heard. you're talking. Yeah. Talking. Talking is very out. important. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Steve, I know what I was doing 40 years 40 ago on years this ago. night. What was I doing? 
I was joining 125 million other Americans watching the 251st and final episode of MASH, Mash. on CBS. Yeah. The big two-and-a-half-hour finale. Good goodbye, farewell, and amen. Look, I know how tough it is for you to say goodbye, so I'll say it. Maybe you're right. Maybe we will see each other again. But just in case we don't, I want you to know how much you meant to me. I'll never be able to shake you. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. <laughs> Alan Alda there. <laughs> Seven of the TVs that were on, 77% were watching Match. Wow. What were the other 23% watching? I can't figure that one out. Yes. Yeah, it was the most watched TV show of all time, and it held that mark for 27 years. The final episode of MASH, it was 40 years ago on this night on CBS. That's Entertainment News in the Blur with Steve and Ted. New problems with Boeing 787 deliveries may not last long. The Wichita Business Journal update on the way with Steve and Ted in the morning on KNSS. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Stephen Ted in the morning, KNSS 850 here on this Tuesday morning. Three big things. Three. One current and two former deputy police chiefs file suit against Wichita City officials alleging discrimination and retaliation. Two. Northeast dealing with heavy snow warnings. And a person is dead after a tornado in western Oklahoma. One. Cleanup underway after a small tornado causes damage near Liberal in southwest Kansas. Three big things, Stephen Ted on KNSS. We've got some projects uh, going to be starting here in just a few minutes. Uh, northbound I-135 from 37th Street North to 45th Street North is going to be closed. Uh, they're going to close the lane northbound and southbound. So that's going to be uh, one lane in each direction there from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. today. They're also uh, from 9 a.m. to 3 closing the ramp from northbound I-235 to northbound I-135. Traffic update from 98.7 at 1330 KNSS. I'm Jed Chambers. Sunny today with a high of 66 degrees, mostly clear tonight, the overnight low 36. Wednesday, mostly sunny, a bit cooler tomorrow, the high 56. Now a few clouds, 40 degrees. We have an east wind at 9 miles per hour. Canis has weather brought to you by the Monarch. Up-to-date events and new whiskey and bourbon releases are available in the Monarch newsletter. Sign up online at monarchwichita.com. Stephen Ted of the morning, and uh, yesterday the S&P rose 12 points. Uh, Dow and NASDAQ each closed up by 72 points. What's happening right now? Well, the Dow is down by 132, the S&P down 3, and NASDAQ is up by just under a point. Let's take a look at local business news from the Wichita Business Journal. Plans for a new downtown child care center taking a major step forward this week with the demolition of a building to clear the site for construction start likely early next year. That's at 718 South Topeka, right there at the on-ramp to Kellogg. 
The former Chico's Used Cars building came down on Friday last week, making room for Center City Academy. That will be an early child development center run by a nonprofit organization of the same name, expected to serve 100 children, anywhere from infants up to five years old. It will be a $6 million, 13,000-square-foot facility. It's aiming to help address Wichita's shortage of child care availability. Evergy, the largest electricity provider in Kansas, reported quarterly financial results that topped analyst expectations as the company also provided earnings guidance for 2023 and discussed its spending plans. The company's adjusted Q4 2022 earnings of $0.30 per share, or $69 million, both significantly topped Q4 2021's results of $0.14 per share and beat analyst estimates of around $0.26 adjusted earnings per share. Both Boeing and Wichita-based Spirit Aerosystems rebounding on Wall Street yesterday amid investor sentiment that new problems with the 787 Dreamliner won't last long. Boeing revealing last week it is again halting deliveries of the new 787s, this over an analysis error related to the forward pressure bulkhead. That's a portion of the forward fuselage section that is manufactured locally by Spirit. Spirit last week said it was too soon to assess that the error was on its end. Investment analysts have largely since determined that the issue shouldn't be a cause for much worry. That's local business news from the Wichita Business Journal. And today is National Pancake Day. Every year, National Pancake Day raises money for charity. IHOP restaurants began National Pancake Day in 2006, and since that day, they have raised close to $30 million for charities. So today, people from around the country will once again celebrate National Pancake Day at IHOP restaurants and enjoy free pancakes, guests are asked to consider leaving a donation, and it sounds like most of them have if they've raised that much money in just a few years. Today is National Pancake Day. Steve, at 10 in the morning here on KNSS, and uh, Ted, uh, mm-hmm. everything coming along fine with your writing uh, the, the, the script, or part of the script at least, for the Gridiron Show? Yes, I was cranking out scripts yesterday. The uh, annual uh, rehearsal begins tonight. The annual stage performance by local journalists poking fun at all the newsmakers and all the news events of the year, and uh, you're heavily involved this year again. He got a good skit going. What was the one you said you were working on last night? I wrote a skit on the uh, the semiconductor chip factory. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing we're looking for. And uh, it, yeah. I was chuckling as I was writing it. I think it's pretty funny. It's coming up uh, just later on here in March. Yeah, in March, third weekend of March. And uh, love I've to got, see you there. You got three tickets for Saturday night performance on the twenty. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up, we got the Glenn Beck program here on KNSS. Tina Malali's going to be uh, with Glenn, a state representative from South Dakota. Talking about uh, the changing definition of money. Okay. That's on Glenn Beck. 9 o'clock news, top of the hour. Cleaning up after a small tornado strikes near Liberal. If you missed any of today's show or just want to listen again, go on the Odyssey app. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for Glenn Beck, the Dana Lash Show, and news updates all day. Stephen's Head in the Morning, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS Wichita. It's the month of love. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 